The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Are you annoyed by your occupation? (laughs) Welcome to the mini show. This is Minutes to Momentum, and today I'm going to talk to Scott Barlow about your career. Welcome to Minutes to Momentum. This is the sideshow to the overwhelmed brain. Put it on every now and then midweek when I can't fit content in on the weekend episode. I just make another episode. (laughs) I just put it in there midweek. To anyone that's subscribed to the show, you're the one who gets this. If you're not subscribed, you probably aren't hearing this now. Why aren't you subscribed? Because sometimes I'll come up with a show that's not on Sunday, and this is one of those days. So anyway... Uh, Today, I want to talk about your career, and um, this is one of those gaps in the overwhelmed brain. I can talk about emotional stuff all day long. I can help you increase your emotional intelligence and get you to a place of learning and healing and growing and evolving, but what can I do about the job that you have, the career that you're in, the work that you're doing? That's something I could probably you know, coach you one-on-one with. But it's not my main strength and it's not my main focus. And that's why I brought Scott Barlow with Happen to Your Career on the show today because I wanted to talk to him about this gap and what people can do when it comes to their own career. I mean, I even thought about um, my career now. Like, what what is my career? (laughs) I'm a personal empowerment coach, but I'm also an author. I'm also a podcaster. And um, all these things are floating around in my head that um, I have this multifaceted career and passion and I don't know, it's a lifestyle that I've chosen to take on. But how did I get here? Why why does this seem to fit me perfectly? Well, it's because there are certain strengths that I have that allow me to fit into a position like this and be able to teach comfortably from a position like this. But to tell you the formula Like, how did I know to end up here? I couldn't do it. I mean, I know the general personality characteristics and things like that. But what is the formula to help you end up in a career that is perfect for you? That's what Scott knows. That's what he's studied. He's worked with, I think, thousands of clients now. I think he says this this in the interview. Uh, This was recorded a couple days ago, but I'm going to play it for you in a moment. Uh, But what I want you to do before the interview starts is go to happentoyourcareer.com. That's four words, happentoyourcareer.com forward slash brain and get the the strengths guide. And it's going to outline what your strengths are and how to move towards a career in life that fits your strengths. I mean, you have to know these things so you can find the job that fits you perfectly. Now, if you are already completely satisfied in what you do, maybe this show isn't for you. Maybe it is. But even if you're not looking for work, it was still a great conversation that we had. And 
We talk about some of the uh, psychological aspects of keeping work, finding work, and things like that. So I think you're going to enjoy this show anyway. But I, I still want you to go to happentoyourcareer.com forward slash brain, download the free strengths guide. And he has other things going on there too. I think you can get a mini class. I know tomorrow he has a webinar. I want you to go to that webinar. If you go to um, happentoyourcareer.com forward slash brain dash webinar, you can sign up for his webinar as well. The webinar teaches, let me pull it up here. The webinar is going to teach you the three most important steps to a career that you love while increasing your salary. So I won't waste any more of your time. Just go to um, happentoyourcareer.com forward slash brain or happentoyourcareer.com forward slash brain dash webinar. I highly recommend it if you have any inkling of changing careers or finding work. Check it out. He's got a lot to offer. At least download the Strengths Guide. And thanks for joining us today. I'm going to play the conversation now. Here you go. I'll come back when it's over and uh, say goodbye. Talk to you soon. We haven't talked since April. I know that I know that we haven't talked since April because in Skype, it's nice enough to tell you the last date you talked. <laughs> you can see the um, the message appear right before it. It says, uh, "Hey, Mr. Coliani, you ready to talk?" And that was like April of 2016. So I was like, "Oh, that's the last time we talked. That's a good way to keep, keep records." That's, that is a good way. It's like a little bit of CRM software built yeah. right into unintentionally a, a data tracking and status there so i haven't talked to you since then and um for anyone listening his name is scott barlow he's the founder and ceo of happen to your career i like to call him a like a a career mentor or something like that but really he he helps you find and this is what i'm going to read off your website scott he helps you find and do work that is unapologetically you now, I don't think I saw that last year. So I want you to, to explain to me what finding and doing work that is unapologetically you. What does that mean? You know, this has been an ongoing work in progress, quite frankly, since the very, very beginning. And actually, you know, th- one of the very first conversations you and I had together, we spent the bulk of it. It was probably a good hour long conversation because they always are when we talk, mm-hmm. it seems like. Uh, and probably 30 to 40 minutes of that was talking about the process of going from what almost all of us do on a regular basis where we're playing, we think that we have to please other people or we think we have to play drastically different roles that feel very very, very extra very for emphasis, um, not ourselves and very grading, going against the grain and very much, uh, very stressful, uh, often goes along with that. And one of our goals is very much to help people live lives that are more who they actually are and bringing out some of the things and more and more and more of the things that they are very good at naturally gifted at. And using what we call their signature strengths, which really, you know, we, we didn't come up with that name, but we came up with our own definition for it, which is really just those experiences and skills and talents and uh, knowledge sets and the way that you're wired and personality traits can all this rolled together and pulling out the pieces that you are the best at because of the combination of these things. And what we've learned and validated through research 
uh, you, you've probably heard the term one in a million, right? Everybody's heard yeah. the term one in a million. Yep. Well, it turns out it's more like about uh, one in about 230 to 240 people in the world that actually have the same combination of skill sets and, and strengths and everything like that that we're talking about here. So everyone is really actually truly unique based on the stats. Like if you just go to just the math and the research, but what we help people do is actually pull more of that out so that they can live their lives in a very much, um, not stress free way, because I don't think things that, that you're doing that are worthwhile or stress free. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe very strongly that it should be aligned with more of who you are because the more time you spend, um, living that's unapologetically you, quite frankly, the more fun you have, the happier you are and, and everything else. So that's, that's what we call this. This is why I love having you on. This is why I love what you do and why you're the only guest that has returned what three or four times now, because thank you. Yes. Thank you. Because you're out there, uh, reaching into the world saying, be yourself (laughs) and let me help you be yourself and let me help you find work that can help you be yourself or at least be yourself at work. Like you hit the nail on the head when you said, um, I mean, unapologetically, you is a great way to put it. It's like be authentic and honor who you are. This is how I would say it. Honor who you are at the deepest core of, of that. However, that's defined for you. And it just, you know, it reminds me of, um, I had this dream. It was weird. I, I don't know why I had this dream, but maybe it was because I can't I was... wait to hear about this. <laughs> I, I had this dream last night and I, I'm thinking I had it because I realized I'm going to talk to you about work. So last night I had this dream about a job that I had in 1993 and four. And, uh, I went back to that place. It was in Naples, Florida. And I don't know why I was there, but the business still existed in my dream. And all these people from high school were there. Not all of them, but, you know, the people that were sitting in the positions that were there before weren't there anymore, except a couple. And then people that I used to know in high school that I liked were there. And suddenly I felt like at home at this old job that I was at and just walking in made me feel comfortable. And it's funny because that's one of the jobs that I had in my life that I felt completely comfortable doing what I was doing and loved going to work. And uh, I mean, I love what I do now, but back then when I was in my early 20s, that's like the only job that really fit me at the time. However, at that time, I was such, and you've probably dealt with this with clients, I was such a people pleaser. I wanted to make sure everyone was happy and I was, and people pleasers tend to forego their own needs. Yes. So that would be me. So I would put on the fake smile when I was upset. If something made me angry, I would just deny it. And I just started getting burnt out. And then by a year four of being in that job, I started in 91, I think. So by 94, 95, I was like, I don't think I can take this anymore. I can't take this job. But it wasn't the job itself. It was me choosing not to honor myself and just be myself and be transparent. Do you find that clients that you work with have this going on? Is this a limitation that you find? Yeah. And I think limitation is the best word for it. Mm. 
Short answer is yes, absolutely. And I think we all do to varying degrees. I don't think that that ever really truly goes away unless we completely have zero empathy and just really truly don't care about other people. Then I don't think this ever really actually goes away. But I think you learn more to honor yourself and not that you don't care about other people, but you don't care as it pertains to where it infringes upon honoring yourself. If that makes any kind mm. of sense. Okay. So, well, and I think you get better at that. I think you've just mentioned some of the population that are sociopathic and are <laughs> and aren't don't have yeah. empathy. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> they're fine. They're like they're uh, fine. <laughs> screw you, world. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just gonna do what I do, and I don't care who I bowl yeah. over. But you know, absolutely. And um, you know, when you work with people like that, I mean, do you find that those limitations are really based on? a set of fears that they've carried with them. Yeah. And I think those fears come from a lot of different places. What I've seen over the years and starting way back when working in HR, I worked in HR uh, in a variety of different roles uh, all over the place, you know, senior and junior and blah, 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 all those roles and started seeing that there at first as people were moving into the into the companies and then out of the companies and seeing what happens as they come in all excited and mm. and what they come in and even even whether or not which people are willing to come in and negotiate and which people aren't that was that was very very telling too i didn't realize it when i first started seeing that and what like salary or, or yeah, salary like that. or benefits or yeah. anything else um as near as i can tell the best best evidence i can find uh, in, I don't know if it's hundred percent accurate, but it's the best data that I have. Only 13% of the population ever actually asks for any kind of salary increase or raise or negotiates or anything else with their salary. Yeah. I was one of the 87% for a long time that did not yeah. ask. Yeah. But I think that's telling of, of much more so than, than just that. I think it is very telling of a lot of the limitations that we have either put on ourselves or have happened through society, uh, how we are raised, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's, it's just symptomatic of, of broader, broader things. So short answer is yes. Yes, we experience that quite a bit. In fact, some of the most common ways that we see it is people that come in and they come to us because they really actually want something more in their role. They want to want to live uh, a life that has greater meaning or purpose or is actually enjoyable when they get up in the morning and they're mm-hmm. excited to be able to go to work versus, uh, you know, it, Sunday night living in the fear of the next day. And, you know, for me, it, when I was doing that, I was staying up watching reruns of HGTV <laughs> and yes, uh, unfortunately maybe you watch something better than hgtv i don't know but is that a tv uh, show is that a tv show hgtv is a home and garden network oh and hgtv i thought you were saying HG- hd like i watch reruns of high definition television i was like really <laughs> <laughs> oh hg got it yeah hgtv and that was it for me but uh, they come in and, and they're in this place and they don't actually see how it's possible to do it any differently based on their framework and understanding of the world and how work works and how careers work to do, to do their job in, in the sense of, I mean, we're talking about fears. Is that what you meant? Like, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then it becomes this case of 
Um, I am afraid to leave what I have. I'm afraid to even look. I'm afraid to even try in a lot of cases. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, I'm, a, I'm afraid in, in the case of negotiation, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose that opportunity. I've never seen, never, ever, 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 uh, seen somebody who has lost a job offer because they tried to negotiate. I've seen them lose job offers for other stupid reasons, but never because they tried to come in and say, Hey, you know, uh, what I was really looking for was this, what can we do about this? Um, hmm. But people are afraid of that being pulled away from them and the rug being pulled out from under them. So they never even do it, never even try. I think that's so important to really uh, embrace that the idea that if you want something more or even need something more from the career or the job that you have now, that actually asking for it (laughs) is it shouldn't be a scary step. It should be, hmm. I should look at my uh, current situation and go, I might need to negotiate for more. I might need to ask for more. However, uh, it's also a reality that some bosses are jerks. Oh, you want more? Well, I'll just go hire someone else. I mean, I'm sure that can happen too. I'm sure it's out there. It happens less often than what people think. I absolutely agree. In fact, I've tested that. I've, I've actually stood up and I've told this story on several episodes. I've stood up to my bosses before. And I remember the first time doing it thinking, oh crap, I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> Cause I'm <laughs> here we go. I know. And I was like, you know, and I, I was talking about another employee and I was defending the other employee saying, you're not here to see what this guy goes through. So you really have no right to say that. And I was like, whoa, I, I can't believe what I just said <laughs> to my boss. And boy, I tell you what, they, looked at me with admiration and respect after that instead of saying how dare you speak to us like that because you know a lot of managers and bosses and presidents of companies they want to hear feedback they want to know this stuff and I didn't realize that because they're just trying to figure out how to do the best they can in their position too Uh, so in that in that instance that was me giving them feedback about an employee saying, you know, you're wrong about that. And it worked out. And in the instances of, you know, like, um, I was just talking about that job, that dream I had when I left that job, I remember when I walked into, they said, okay, you need to go see the general manager, uh, before you finally leave. And so I walked in and the first question he out of his mouth was, is there anything that we can do to make you stay? And I was like shocked to hear this because for the first time I realized, oh my God, I could have asked (laughs) for a raise. I could have asked for anything previously because they actually enjoyed having me there and they actually appreciated my services. And if I had just gone in and asked, you know, like, uh, I'm sick of carrying this pager 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Can I get weekends off? You know, if I even asked about, asked for that, would it have happened? But I never did. You know, the fears kept me limited. And is that something that you help people work through or work around or how does that? How does that work? Mm -hmm. I mean, not the process, but is that something that you can help people get beyond or is it, is it a lot deeper than that? I think that it is deeper than that. And we try and, and look at it very holistically. So we operate from 
Well, you were talking a little bit about, hey, when you ask for it, you're much more likely to get it versus yeah. when you don't ask for it, you're not at right. all. You have a zero percent chance almost to make it happen. Right. Yeah. So we operate from the standpoint, the very simple logic of when you know what you want and you ask for what you want, then very often, surprisingly often, you get what you want. Now, here's here's the biggest problem. Uh, a lot of people feel like it is those fears that stop people from or asking for what you want. And that's true. And there's a percentage of people that get lost up in there. But what we see more often than that is people don't know what it is that they want. Mm. And that's a difficult question to answer. I mean, if I ask the average person, hey, hey, mm. Paul, what do you want? Mm. What is it that you want? First of all, that's that's a pretty complex question. It's like Very broad. like for, for dinner or <laughs> right, like right, right. <laughs> you mean tomorrow for right. what do you what do you mean? But in general, when we talk about Breaking life into different chunks, it gets a little bit more manageable when you're talking about like career, finances, uh, pick any area of your life, relationships. Uh, then it starts to get a little bit easier in terms of what what you want. But it's still extraordinarily hard to be able to articulate that because most of us find that we operate from that fear-based mentality, which is, I know what I don't want and I want to run away from that. So true. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the values exercise that I do. And you probably have some sort of similar exercise that you do with your, with your clients where you take an area of life, work and career, for example. And I ask the question, what's important to you about, you know, a job or a career? And, you know, some of you might say, well, I have to have weekends off and I need my boss to respect me and, you know, so on and so on and so on. There's all these things that are important to them about a career. And I've run, yeah. and I've run into clients my own coaching clients that will um, try this values exercise and they see that question and they immediately freeze and they don't know how to answer it because that is the thing that is it. Yeah. Yes. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's yes. Yeah, so, that is it. You're right. <laughs> they just freeze. So I'm like, what do you mean? What's important to you about a career? And, and all these things come to their mind, but they're not sure. And so I'm like, I just told a client this yesterday. I'm like, okay, if that's overwhelming you, I mean, first of all, wow, that's overwhelming you. Then no wonder, you know, what I call you're, you're causing self-sabotage in your life. You're, you're getting what you don't want in life. Like you were saying, uh, or trying to avoid what you don't want in life. And, uh, yeah. I was like, okay, don't think of everything. Just put down three things <laughs> that you want. That's it. Three things. And she goes, Oh, I can, handle that. <laughs> I'm like, so many people just blow it up way up so they can't handle it. It's like an immediate freeze. So I'm curious by what you said about, uh, yes, that's it. That's it. So you run into that same freezing mentality is what you're saying. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of what we do to help people get on the path to living much more unapologetically as themselves, especially in their careers is going way back to this question of what do you want and then helping break it down into manageable pieces so that they can actually answer that for themselves. And I, I feel like that's yeah. a large portion of what we do. And part of that is eliminating blockages along the way and mental barriers and limitations and, and removing those or helping them systematically remove those. And uh, the other part of it is 
helping to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking for a, a better a better analogy, but that's the one that came out. Mm-hmm. We talked <laughs> about it last time. Ways. That was good. That yeah. Was- yeah, yeah. You're like, I still haven't <laughs> found a better analogy than that, but it's perfect because it's you're explaining the process is just massive, but you start with one bite and then the next. I, yeah, I assume yeah. that's where you're going with that. <laughs> that's exactly where I'm going with that. So there's a lot of different ways that we do that because everybody has different cognitive styles uh, and everybody learns differently. Everybody internalizes things uh, a, a number of different ways. So we don't just have one way to attack this, if you will. Instead, we have a variety of different ways and we try to target what really works the best. But let me give you a, let me give you an example here yeah. where uh, as we're as we're breaking it down, we had we had one uh, one person that we were working with and he was really, really, really intent on. Well, he was in the let's be honest, he was in the place where he was uh, trying to run from the other things that uh, that didn't work in the past. So he was he had a number of jobs, really enjoyed some pieces of them, but didn't find them very fulfilling, ultimately saved up enough money just to quit to figure this out. So that was unusual. Most people aren't in that place. But, you know, he he did this thing, um, quit and was just he was just so frustrated with it all that that's that's what it came to for him. He's like, I'm going to I'm going to save up enough money and not spend anything for a couple of months so that I can take a few months off and get this figured out. That's how frustrated he was. OK, with, well, <laughs> with it, like more power to you. Yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> um, so he he was at the point where, look, I have to I hate going into the office, so I have to do, I have to not go into the office. I have to do remote work. And he's very, 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 very stuck on that. Okay. But he wasn't looking at all the other pieces. I mean, he was basically running from that one section and that was overwhelming him and everything else. He really just didn't know how to attack it, how to break it down. And what we found after we started going through each piece of what he really enjoyed, we had him literally go through some of his past past jobs and that's one of the places we started this is a very very easy exercise for people to do you can pull out a piece of paper and do this right now Uh, but it's one of my favorite ones because i can describe it and people can do it in a few minutes in some cases where they can literally pull out that piece of paper list on there all of their all of their jobs uh, volunteer opportunities projects that they've worked on whatever it happens to be and then start going through and, and listing two things thing number one is what in each of those roles, they enjoyed, hmm. even if it's the smallest thing. Yeah, you know, some people might be looking at them grumbling and be like, <laughs> you know, I, I, "I didn't like anything about that job. Oh, couldn't get, couldn't." But there's probably something. I mean, you like the paycheck at least. Right. <laughs> so, if not the paycheck, then what? And uh, the other thing that that you can you can list out on there under each one of these is what did you find that you were better at than at the average person in that role? Hmm. And what is a tendency to happen? And again, this is just one way to get at this and you know take the elephant one bite at a time. Is you start to notice patterns after you get this all listed down. You start to notice some of these patterns. After we went through and did this this type of exercise and a number of other things with him, we started to notice the same patterns. This guy absolutely absolutely loves to help people in a very specific way. Now, let's be honest. Everybody likes helping people. And that's one of the things that researchers have found. And I get emails every, literally every single day where like, if only I was helping people with my job. Yes. Everybody likes to help people. That is a, that's a real thing. Like that is, (laughs) if you don't have that in your job or you can't understand how you're helping people or what you're doing is contributing to helping people, then it's 
likely not going to make you happy for any period of time. That's, yeah. that's what researchers have proven again and again. So, um, obviously there was the helping people component, but in addition to that, it was a very specific type of helping people for him. We found that he really loved people coming to him, relying on him. Then from there, him helping them and assisting them with a problem where he had to actually go explore and find the answer where he couldn't come up with the answer right away, but he actually had to go and explore whether for him, this uh, sometimes meant actually looking things up or talking to other people or engaging in a few different ways that, uh, that were, that he was pretty good at. Uh, but he had to go through that exploration process mm. for it to be enjoyable for him. It was like part of the, uh, the challenge was part of the draw. Yeah. 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 And, and so many people are like, Oh, if only I had a job that was challenging or, and that's, that's true for everybody too. And engaging work is one of those things that again, research has proven has to be there, has to happen. Uh, and there's a number of things that go into engaging work, but yeah, that challenge has to be there. But for him, it was a very specific type of challenge and likely it is for everyone else too. Yeah. And the key is what is the context surrounding that? What, are the things that make that challenge exciting and great for you and that you're particularly good at where you get to use your strengths, your personality, the stuff that's essentially fun for you. Maybe it's not stress-free, but the stuff that's essentially fun for you. And that's where we find a lot of the good stuff. And we found those patterns again and again and again for him. So that's, that's just one example of, of how that happens. That's a great example. And I, I'm thinking, you know, that flashback, I keep bringing back that same job I dreamed about and the first thing that comes to mind is um, what did I like about it? And one of the things I liked about it is that the buck never stopped with me. <laughs> I was like in the middle between yeah. the clients calling and I could try to help them, but I never had to be the person that solved the problem. I could just yeah. go, can't help you. Let me pass you on. And that was such a freeing feeling. <laughs> it's like being grandpa at work or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, Here's the kid with the smelly diapers. Like, <laughs> You're gonna back your... to the parents. Yep. Voila. You have a kid back part. now. <laughs> exactly. And then I think of um, what was I better at? And I was better at all the technology at this company. So yeah. I eventually yeah. became the technical manager. So it, it seemed that I think as you're talking about that, it reminds me of that's probably why I like that job so much is because it was filling those things that I really appreciated, uh, the, the stuff I liked, the stuff I was better at. And I, I rose in the ranks in that. And then when I got out of the technical side of it, that's when I really started getting burnt out. So I actually strayed away from the parts of the job that I really enjoyed do you find that um, people will do that? They'll be in a position and then they'll either promote or move to another part de department and then suddenly their job isn't the same anymore and they, they don't appreciate it. They don't like it. Even if they're getting more money, you ever get yeah, that? Yeah, this is really interesting and I'd love to ask your opinion on this a little bit too. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I observe again and again is this phenomenon where I was in a situation in life that I enjoyed and then it's become a progressive downslope for one reason or often many different reasons where I now have not necessarily bottomed out, but I'm much, much lower on the enjoyment day to day. And finally, I get frustrated enough to do something about it. And then I look back towards that time where I perceived that I was happy, often forgetting about all the other stuff that went along with it and why I left in the first place. But I look back at that 
sometimes misperceived golden moment. And then we get people that come to us and like, how do you get me back to the time when I was a beekeeper? Not really, <laughs> but like what, whatever the thing was. Now I, I really manage, love being an operations right. manager. Yeah, now I'm a manager and I op, uh, and I manage all these people and I don't even touch the bees anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Something like that? Yeah, and, and that's one way that it happens. Other ways is they get laid off or mm. they get propelled to a other different situation and often it's not of their own causation and because it's not their own choice i see that they still perceive that as the golden moment so they will come to us and be like can you take me back to operations i must get back to operations and then we talk to them a little bit and it's like well actually you're terribly suited for operations but <laughs> it, it, it's a number of other things that really made it this golden moment and they've attached it to these sometimes artificial pieces. So I'm curious because I don't know, I'm assuming that happens in a lot of other areas of life too, but I'm curious where you've seen that as well. Absolutely. I've seen that in, um, let's see, I had a client many, many years ago that, um, she had a relationship when she was like a teenager and now she's in her forties or fifties. Yeah. Yeah. And she's thinking nothing ever matched that relationship ever again. That was the only time I've truly felt love and supported yeah. and and we were best friends and and that ended and so absolutely i mean that's a deep subject we could get into but that happens in many areas of life and uh, i think people like you said they attach they label the event as that golden moment and they go that event needs to happen again when it's not about the event the event is the trigger, the stimulus for how yeah. you felt inside at the time. And so, and it's just like when I, when I was going through a divorce, I had all this pain come up and I wanted my wife back and I couldn't get her back. And one night, because I'm a thinker, all these things come to my head <laughs> Yeah, and I asked myself, what if someone else came along who was prettier, smarter, made me laugh? just the same, if not more, made me feel good in all kinds of ways, if not better? What if this other person came along and did everything that my wife could do, but even better? Would I still care so much about losing my wife? Would it hurt as much if this other person came along and did all the same things that she did, but even better? And I went, whoa, that's a good way to think about it. And, and suddenly I, I started healing, knowing that I was only attached to how I felt when I was with my wife. And not all of it was good. I was only attached to the good stuff <laughs> that I liked. But uh, that helped me understand that it's not the event. It's not the person or the people that you're with. It's the way you want to feel. So how can I get that feeling back? And I think your process that you were talking about is a great first step. You look back and in this case, you could see all the relationships that you were in and you go, well, what did I like about those relationships? And, and if we were going to apply your process to this, and then the second would be like, well, what did I, I mean, this will be an interesting question. What did I do yeah. better? <laughs> what did I do better? Uh, then how would you apply that? Then her other boyfriends or what, <laughs> yeah, so what did I, <laughs> I mean, how can you apply it? But I, 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 don't, I, know. <laughs> I don't know if that particularly works, but I think with career it does. I think when you look at that and you go, so if I'm not a beekeeper, but 
I can have the same exact feelings I had when I was a beekeeper, would I be okay with the job? If I can still get the honey, but not be a beekeeper, right. <laughs> now we're talking. Right. So, okay. So I think we're developing a brand new analogy that I'll take and run with probably like for that. many years here. But uh, <laughs> we, I think what we do is we help you find the prettier, smarter, <laughs> sexier career that uh, that's good. I mean, that is a much much better fit. Well, I like this. I like this, Scott, because I was thinking about my career today. Today, my career is a personal empowerment coach. You can add author. You can add um, podcaster. You can add yeah. even musician. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that I do. But for the most part, it's the overwhelmed brain. And um, I think I spend what ninety percent of my time in my career, 90% of my life, even when I'm at home with my personal life, with my girlfriend, and we're watching a movie, I'm still checking the overwhelmed brain emails. And I'm like, I spend so much time in my career, 90%. So I better damn well like it. And it better damn well fit me. And I better be excited about it. And because it's basically a nonstop thing for me. And I, I think that's what happens when you pursue your own thing, whatever you're doing, like a lot of uh, self-employed people will do this. They will just dive in more. I mean, I never gave in like 90% of my time to any other career in my life. I was just happy to walk away at night. I think when you feel comfortable enough to be kind of enmeshed in your career, maybe not 90% like I am, but enough where it doesn't feel like you need a break from it. I think that's a great place to be. Is that, is that kind of where you like to go with that? It's like you find a career that people just really enjoy. Like you said, they, they're just so jazzed to get up in the morning for. And I mean, is that what you find that, um, like the successful clients that you've had, is that what really happens to them? So short answer is yes. And I would reframe it just slightly. Do it. Not just I've found through personal experience and through working with, uh, I realized actually this morning as I was uh, talking, we were counting up, uh, we were <laughs> going to put something on a info page someplace mm -hmm. and it was how many clients we've worked with and blah, 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 all that. And I realized now we've actually worked with uh, literally thousands of people, which blows me away. Excellent. But in doing that, plus taking a look at research, one of the things that we've seen time and again is there are these couple of things that you have to have in order to unleash that serious want and that serious level of happiness, fulfillment, whatever you want to call it, that that thing where you're ex actually excited and have this need and want to spend your time in that way, where it's aligned enough with what you want to where that is a good thing. And that is a good way to be spending your time for you. Um, mm. Just like you're talking about where, and I'm very much the same way. I'm immersed in this. This is not just my baby. I, I really, really enjoy what it is that I get to do on a daily basis, both the activity and what we stand for, et cetera, et cetera. But I've had that in other jobs too. And those couple of things that are basics for everybody are some of the things that we mentioned before. You have to have engaging work, which is a workplace or a set of people or type of work that offers feedback 
to you. So you know how you're doing. Mm-hmm. You have to have things in place where you are able to have clarity in what it is that, uh, that your tasks are or your activities or your projects or anything else. You have to have some level of clarity. Um, and, and those are some of the pieces of, of engaging work. There's a number of others too, but then you also have to, in addition to engaging work, you have to be able to help people like we established earlier. Right. So that's, that's a thing. And then on top of that, you also have to have some of your basic needs met. And when I say basic needs, this varies a little bit for everybody, but they pretty consistently fall around. You have to be, um, you know, having, having, having your bills paid Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, really it kind of goes into the category of receiving pay that you believe is fair for what you do. Yeah. And there's some other pieces too, in terms of if you have an extraordinarily long commute, then you're probably pretty less likely to be happy and that can fall under basic needs. But so you've got all of, all of those types of pieces. And then in addition to that, there are the, the things that vary from person to person and the things that vary from person to person are those values that you're mentioning earlier. What's important to you or what's most important to you. A lot of times, um, if people aren't freezing when you ask them what's important to you, then they get the opposite thing. It's like, well, everything's important to me. Well, what's most important. The overwhelm starts. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. So that in each area of your life. And the other piece of that is what are you good at? What are you great at? What do you have the potential to be great at in terms of those strengths? And those, those last two, what you value and what you're great at or have the potential to be great at those signature strengths that we talked about earlier. Those are the ones that are drastically different from person to person. But the, but the other things we mentioned earlier go for everybody, but people don't realize it and they forget. Yeah. Oh, I'd imagine. I think about my whole career. And I mean, I I don't think I've ever lasted. I think I've told you this before. I don't think I've ever lasted more than four years at a job. And I, I really think it's because of the stuff we talked about today. I think when I look back and go, at what point, and you were, you were asking about this earlier, or we were talking about it. Yeah. At what point did I start to get burnt out? And why was that? And, you know, what caused that? And uh, for me, it, it was always a matter of just not being myself. And when you're not yourself, you get burnt out trying to be someone else, trying to be someone that you think they want to see. That, yeah. uh, that, that's a question that um, I wanted to ask you about. Uh, when, when it comes to like job interviews, when you, let me ask you your opinion or your professional suggestion here. When you go into a job interview, is it, cause I have my own thoughts on this. Is it better to be your complete authentic self or do you put up some sort of a professional, I mean, you're not going to say, Hey, what's up? And <laughs> I mean, you might, nice. You might say, okay, so that's what I'm asking. That's not the right thing for everybody. (laughs) Okay. That's what I'm asking. And, um, I I mean, if you spend most of your time in a a street gang (laughs) and then go into a job interview dressed like your, your total authentic self, that's what I'm wondering. Is it, is that the person you should show up as, as your authentic self? Because the reason I ask that is because when you do start working somewhere, then you have to be the person you showed up as in the interview because otherwise <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> I'm just curious your thoughts on that. You know, I, 
<laughs> I, I bet you know some of my thoughts on this just from our past conversations and uh, getting to know each other over the years and stuff. But uh, I, I love this topic because there's so much crappy advice out there on this. Yes. <laughs> this is what I, what I found. So yes, this, is a, this is a nice meaty one to dig into. Good. So my short answer, I'll give you the short answer, then I'll give you some of the reasons behind it. Great. My short answer is I, I want you to represent the best authentic versions of yourself, but also recognize that when you are showing up to a job interview, when you are expecting to get a job in the first place, you are essentially selling a portion of your time. Like that's, that is literally what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm not talking about in terms of like prostitution or anything like that, but I do think <laughs> my brain I didn't do, go there, but you, <laughs> well, here's, uh, here's where it will in the next part. But I okay. do think that if you do it in a way that is completely inauthentic, then it can feel a little bit like selling yourself in a very wrong way. Got it. Doesn't, no, I guess that okay, makes sense. Maybe, maybe not everybody's brains had to go there. <laughs> That's all right. But, That's all right. Uh, <laughs> that makes more sense now though. <laughs> yeah. So the short answer is, is recognize that when you show up, you're going to be selling a, a piece of, uh, of yourself and your time and everything like that. So here's what I actually recommend. Here's the piece piece that most people don't realize when we are helping somebody work through this type of process and ultimately identify what is going to make them happier day to day. And we've identified some of the things that are most important to them. If we find that the companies and the people that they work with and the people that they work for have drastically different values in place, uh, and there's a huge disparity between what's important to you and what's important to the company you're working for, then that's not going to make you happy in any sense of the word. Mm. And I think that's pretty obvious. Totally. So really obvious piece after I say it, but that nobody thinks about. So then what we do is we spend a huge portion of time, not only helping to understand what you value and what you value most, but then we align those companies and which companies you're going after and which people in which uh, areas you're going after with those values before you ever start to search in the first place. Oh, so you learn like mission statements and values and things like that of different companies, and then you're able to help align. That's a good idea. That's a great concept. And it's not always about the mission statement because sometimes, uh, well, most companies are in some kind of state of evolution. So the mission statement is usually living ahead of where they're actually at. Yeah, true, true. But, you know, recognizing and being conscious of what their culture is and what it is now versus where it's going, all of those things I think are actually really important. So I'm not necessarily suggesting that you go read tons of mission statements out there or whatever <laughs> else, but what I am suggesting is that it's important to recognize that when you're in alignment, the interview is a whole bunch easier too because you show up and they're like, wow, this person seems like they're a really good fit. It's so weird. They're that's, so much better than all the other candidates. That's great. That's great. I mean, what you just said is great advice. I mean, as far as being in alignment with the culture, that's great. And it just makes all of those other getting the job pieces a whole bunch easier. All of a sudden, you have this huge competitive advantage, and they can't place their finger on why you feel like such a great fit. And then they'll go, and I've seen this again and again and again with our clients, and I've done this myself uh, many times over the years, where they end up hiring you over somebody else who has much more experience and then they end up justifying it ultimately because they like you more, but that's not what they're going to tell everybody <laughs> uh, because that doesn't go very well. 
for yeah. a variety of reasons. Yeah. But that's what actually happens. You end up getting the job and then the other person gets a call and they're like, well, we hired a candidate who is just a better fit. Yes. You just identified one of my jobs, uh, 2008 or nine, when I worked for a personal growth company. That's exactly what happened. I, yeah. I, I went in, interviewed, was totally just relaxed. And um, this is golden information, Scott, because I didn't even realize why I fit so well at that company and felt so comfortable being myself. It's yeah. because we all had the same values and the same. And now you run a self-development and company. And now I run a self-development <laughs> company. So it's like I walked in and I did the interview and they're asking me all these questions like, do you know how to code in HTML? Do you know Google Analytics? I'm like, no, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to walk out of here and they're going to think I'm an idiot. I really thought that I'm never going to hear from them again or the call would be, sorry, we chose this uh, computer programmer with 20 years experience over you. I thought that was going to happen. And they called me and they said, you know, we just, uh, and they actually did tell me, we just liked you more. We got along with you more. And you just painted the bigger picture of, well, no wonder they, you know, we're all in alignment then. And I can see that totally because when you work side by side, if you're in that kind of position next to people, eight to 10 hours a day, they're going to want to be with people with similar values and similar goals and, and missions for their own life. And so I, I think that's excellent way to just kind of wrap this up and what we're talking about and everything that you just explained very eloquently about them being your unapologetic self, being unapologetically you. It's right in alignment with um, what I teach here, being authentic, uh, honoring your personal boundaries and things like that. I think it's the way the world should work. And more and more people that teach this stuff, you, me, and do this stuff, the, the clients that you're helping, the clients that I'm helping, the listeners of this show and your show, when they learn that all you need is to be in alignment with who you are and in alignment with the people that you're with, it's kind of like that Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people that you are with most yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You find out that um, your life goes so much easier. And if you're in a, in a career that you're in alignment with, that the culture matches, how much better can it get? And I look at that and go, yeah, but... Uh, what if it's not paying? I mean, you know, somebody might say this. What if it's not paying enough money? And I'm thinking, but what if you're happy? <laughs> what if you feel fulfilled? <laughs> Here's an interesting thing, though. Out of all of our students and clients, we keep stats on this stuff for for a variety of reasons. One, we just know when it, we get attached to them and we want to know <laughs> how they're doing and everything like that. But also for marketing reasons and a variety of other things, too. But we have realized that since we've started, every single person, save two people, when they have followed this type of process, they actually get paid more. Not joking. Uh, and those two people that did get paid uh, less, one of them actually works less. <laughs> Uh, and she actually gets paid more if you equate it into a dollar per time spent, dollar per hour type uh, type rate. And uh, she has a you know higher level role to go with it. So she's working less and ultimately getting paid more for the time she's spending. And then the other person, uh, we set it up so that he actually within three months could get a promotion. We negotiated that in. So <laughs> that's that's the weird, um, not intuitive part is when you do this stuff. 
<laughs> I have, yeah. I at least, I don't know that's how it's worked out. So no, far. I totally get that. And, and, you know, we were talking about how it equates to the, the stuff I teach and, and who I talk to. And in, in the sense of relationships, we think that one relationship was that golden time in my life and I'll yeah. never have yeah. that again. And then you find someone that turns all that around and you go, and you're like, wow, yeah, because you're not the same person. You've changed over the years. You just want those feelings again. But it sounds like, I mean, exactly what you're talking about is that you end up with a career that you, it was, it was almost out, you're thinking out of the box in a way. Like you can't think about what you're going to get unless you go through some sort of a self-development process to get a job or a career that suddenly fits you perfectly. And you're like, wow. This is even better than that job I had in 1998 or something like that. So I, I totally get that. And that's how I relate to it with uh, relationships. I mean, is that kind of what you're saying as well? Yeah. And I love that comparison technique. I don't even know what that's called. There's probably a name for that. <laughs> I use that all the time in coaching too. But it's like, well, okay, let's uh, imagine for a minute. What if you could have the, you said, you know, prettier, smarter, uh, you know, yeah. whatever version, and she's buying you a Ferrari to yeah. go with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, how about then? Would that be better? <laughs> how could you say anything but no? Because people will go, yes, but it's not whatever her name is or his name is. It's not Bill. It's not Mary. But <laughs> you feel even better. And this person's even this and this and this and this. And as long as they're, they're just not so not stuck on that label and they realize, yeah, I, I want to feel those things again. Boy, yeah. your, your world just opens up. So, Scott, yeah. I'm going to wrap this up because we're getting close to the end. I want you to, um, first of all, thank you for your time. Getting time with you is uh, it's a challenge for me because I think we're both on these schedules that are just... <laughs> I it's getting harder and harder. It, it is. is. <laughs> it is worth my while to be able to find time to chat with you. I, think, I, I love it every time. I always appreciate your time and I always love our talks and everything we talk about is good, fresh information for me because you fill the gap that I don't necessarily do on my show. I get people to a certain point and then it's like, yeah, but I'm in this sucky job. Now what? But you take that baton and just help them with all the next steps. I mean, you actually do it from the ground up. So I would just like to recommend you. This, this is, uh, I'm talking to Scott Barlow, Happen to Your Career. And uh, I think we were going to send people to what? HappenToYourCareer.com forward slash brain. Yeah, you and I talked a little bit beforehand and um, had mentioned that wanted to be able to give your audience something. I tried to do that at the last couple of times I've come on. And one of the core tenets of our company is to really try and be genuinely helpful to other people. So this is us trying to practice what we preach, but we've put together an ultimate guide to using your strengths to get hired. Translation, living much more unapologetically you throughout this whole career thing. And that's, that's really what it does is it helps you understand and think about this in a completely different way and then put some tactical and actionable pieces to actually get started immediately doing that thing. So we've set that up over at happentoyourcareer.com slash brain forward slash yep. brain. Great. So people can just go over there and download that, uh, that ultimate guide and 
start using it to understand their strengths, first of all, and then take them through different ways to be able to use that in order to get hired in a job that does align, as, as we were talking about earlier. Beautiful. And if they go to that site, how does that work? They get the guide and then they can like look at anything else that you're offering. Yeah. And actually, there's a variety of ways that we we help people in a variety of ways that we introduce them into what we do because we find that we're approaching this a different way than a lot of people are thinking about it. So we, we take it upon ourselves to really educate at the same time as we're as we're trying to help people. And uh, so they can go over, download the guide, and then from there, they, if they want to, they can attend a training or uh, attend one of our mini classes, or they can, um, we'll send them some other resources too that help them go a little bit deeper into the process. And so we've got lots of different, lots of different things. And then my team will check up on you too to make sure that you're getting what you want out of it. We've, uh, we've, we've grown a bit since last time we've talked. We've got yeah. about uh, seven people on our team now. Wow, excellent. Blows me away. Excellent. Yeah. That that just proves that you're um, helping more people. And I love to hear that. I love the fact that you're also giving away a lot of stuff. <laughs> and also, there's no reason why you can't go to his site, happentoyourcareer.com forward slash brain and get that guide. But let me ask you one more question, Scott. And absolutely, who would be the best fit for this? The very best fit, and we find the people that we can help the very best just really find fulfillment and go from where they're at to thriving in their lives are those people that are the first first thing is you've got to be you've got to have some level of frustration with where you're at if you're if you're like eh you know where i'm at yeah it's it's pretty good it's okay i don't really want anything different then it's probably not for you however if you are really interested in aligning your career with what it is that you really want and really diving deeper into what it is you really want and having a very clear answer for that and then being able to build a path towards that to where you are excited in, for when you wake up in the morning and what you get to do and and then that plays into the other areas of your life at the same time so that you on a day-to-day uh, feel much, much happier and are excited with how you're getting to spend your time on a much more regular basis, then it's probably a great fit for you. But we, we find that if you are just in college, uh, and you're just in college, this will help you reframe some of the ways that you think about, but you're going to be very, very best if you've at least worked for a couple of years and whether it's, you know, fresh out of school in your first couple of jobs or all the way up to you've got, you know, 20 plus years of experience, then those are the people that we find that we can help the best. Got it. And, and like, let's just say that uh, someone's satisfied in their career, but they want to know if uh, there's might be something better out there for them. Is that what the guide can help or any of your mini classes or things like that? Absolutely. And particularly for that guide, even if you're in a job where you just want to enjoy that particular role more then the first the first couple chapters in that guide will help you get very clear on what your strengths are and what you're particularly good at as you follow some of those those processes in there. And then from there, you can start to align more of how you're spending your time with the things that are exciting you, whether it be taking on different projects or anything else. So even if, even if that's your case versus wanting to completely career change, then that's still going to be helpful to you. Great. So the guide is free. Go to happentoyourcareer.com forward slash brain 
and um, definitely connect up with what Scott does over there. If you like what I teach on this show and you are also looking for something maybe a little bit more fulfilling in your career, maybe something that helps you just get motivated to jump out of bed. I mean, I think about that and I go, what would happen if I stopped getting motivated to do this? <laughs> Am I going to call Scott? <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> hopefully I never have to call you, Scott. But <laughs> there's a lot of people. I hear from a lot of people that, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm in a career that I just don't like. Or it's draining me. And I tell you what, if if you're like me that you put in 60, 70, 80% or more of each and every day or at least many days a week, that is like 60, 70, 80% of your life. And if you're not enjoying what you do, then check out what Scott has. At least get the free guide. Happentoyourcareer.com forward slash brain. Scott, always a pleasure. You are the one person that helps me hone my interview skills. So thank you for that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to help you hone your interview skills. You are a fantastic interviewer. Oh, thank you. I know I've told you that before, but uh, no, I need to uh, hear even it. better than last time. Thank you. I need to hear that because I don't I don't do an interview show. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so disappointed. It, 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 those all those go to waste a little bit. It's OK. You are very good at, uh, at what you do. So uh, even better than interviewing. So. <laughs> That is, that's that prioritization we were talking about. Earlier, oh, right? well, thank you. That's I'll put that on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I thank really, you. really appreciate it. Have a good one, Scott. I appreciate it. All right. I'd like to thank Scott Barler with Happen to Your Career. He's a nice guy. He's an honest guy. He's definitely in alignment with everything that I teach. And as you know, I rarely talk to anyone else on this show. <laughs> so the people I bring on, I, I find, are those of integrity. So I want you to check them out. Go to happentoyourcareer.com forward slash brain and get your strengths guide. Or go to happentoyourcareer.com forward slash brain dash, you know, that little minus sign webinar. And sign up for that webinar so that you aren't worried about your career or wondering about your career. You are happening to your career. I just threw that in because I knew Scott would like it. <laughs> Thanks for joining me for another Minutes to Momentum. I appreciate you. You are amazing. We'll talk again soon.